Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, while you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercier. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 163 for Wednesday, June 24th, 2020. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing? How was your week? Was it lovely? Did you get to do everything that you wanted to do? How many things in your list did not get done? Let me tell you, I have come up with a brilliant strategy for not getting stuff on your lists done. Uh, don't make a list. <laughs> Just live your life. That's uh, a terrible strategy. Terrible strategy, guys. Um, I didn't do a whole hell of a lot with my week. I'll tell you, uh, I, I finished some games. I watched, uh, did I watch a couple movies? I think I just watched one. Um, absolute comedy Toronto has a little bit of, a little bit of a doings in. Well, it's just sneak peek for you guys. I spent the vast majority of my week playing a game called the last of us part two. And I will give you guys like a spoiler uh, review on that. I watched a beautiful day in the neighborhood, uh, with Tom Hanks and, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's it's basically a little bit of video game talk, a little bit of movie talk, and then back to your regularly scheduled, whatever it was you were doing before you started this podcast. Um, what's a couple things I could tell you? Actually, you know what? I will tell you this, that I, I scheduled something with my friend, uh, Vanessa earlier today. Um, I'm going to be going to visit her and her family for a few days in the middle of the month. Um, yeah, and I think that's uh, that's that's a thing there. I'll tell you. I mean, there's really not much to say, but I haven't done it yet. But I'm I'll bring my podcast equipment, and of course, good friend of the show, Red, will uh, will probably record the episode with me. So I'm looking forward to that. I uh, I'm doing this with a handheld this week. I I really have struggled to get the stuff together. I got a ton of stuff all over my. I'm still not finished my taxes. I I swear, guys, this this game that I played this week stole my life. And of course it's all choices and stuff, but this, this thing was pretty spectacular. So again, I'll tell you about that a little later on. I, um, I had a good chat with my brother. We were, we were on the phone the other night, just chatting, just chatting. This was pre, pre last of us too. Just talking about how, you know, some of these long games, it's hard to get into because you start and then, you know, as soon as you get into one of these games, it just ends up being like hours upon hours upon hours of stuff. And you just can't commit to that much game. You know what I mean? Like I can't play these big long games like Skyrim and Fallout 4, even though I have it. It's like impossible to just be like, yeah, I'm just going to start this thing that I know. Like you can't even play these games for like an hour, you know, because it's just like an hour is, is, is nothing. These, these Red Dead 2s, whatever. And I did, I played Red Dead 2. It was spectacular. It just took me like, it was months before it was finished. You know, and there was actually like a few months in between where like, I just didn't touch it at all, but you could get on that thing for like an hour and you're like, I got an hour. I'll, I'll just play it for a little bit. And you, you would accomplish 
potentially nothing just because it's so hard and, and long and vast. Or, you know, you're like, well, I'm just going to hop on it for, you know, a couple hours this afternoon before you know it, it's like one o'clock in the morning. You're like, uh, where am I? <laughs> you feel like disoriented. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's tough to get some of these long ones started, but I did manage to finish, uh, I finished the Final Fantasy VII Remake, which uh, I started back in April. I, it's one of those ones that I, I pre-ordered, and it, it was the first game I think I pre-ordered and then had it downloaded to my console before even the release date, which is something interesting that, that games could do now, because they take, they're so big that they take a very long time to, to download over the web. So the idea is rather than letting you download it, you know, on release day, and then you're like, well, I can't play it until four hours from now because of my internet connection or whatever it is. Now you can pre-order the games and they'll download immediately onto your console. And then you can't play them until launch date. So uh, Final Fantasy VII was the first game I did that with the remake back in April. And uh, I started playing it and uh, and I just finished it uh, this week. And it's an interesting game. So this is a game, I won't go into it too much details and I won't give away any spoilers. Um, but it wasn't until I got near the end that I sort of, you know, started to realize what they were doing. So I'll give you an example. This game came out in the nineties for PlayStation one. It was very limited by, you know, the, the graphics and, and things of the time, but it was a great story. Um, now things have changed drastically. The game is actually not the same. There were little liberties they took with the story, but it was almost like a director's cut of Lord of the Rings where the, you know, basically what they did was, was you, the first part of the game you're playing within this city, you know, and, uh, it, what they've done is it would take you in the original game, maybe five, six hours to get through this city and escape and then go on with the story. Well, what they did was they made the first part that they've released all about inside the city. So they expanded it to like, you know, 20, 30 hours inside the city. So they took creative liberties and they expanded it and they made it like a serious director's cut, but they also were putting in things that didn't really make sense. Of course, introducing like new characters. And at first you're just like, okay, well it's all just fluff to, to make the game larger. And some of it does add value. Um, but it wasn't until I got near the end of the game where they started kind of going off the rails a little bit. And there were, they added these like phantom things that made no sense. Um, and it wasn't until the end of the game where they, kind of let you in. And I don't really think this is a spoiler because it doesn't really tell you anything about the the story. What it did was they, they introduced this thing where you kind of, I don't know. It's, I won't even, I won't even say what you, what you fight. You have a battle, but the idea is that it changes the timeline. So the idea is they can actually take creative liberties with the story now going forward. So the game that we all knew and loved, uh, you know, 20 years ago, she's 20, 23 years ago, um, will now be, you know, can go in any direction they want because they've done something that alters history. Sort of the way that first JJ Abrams star, star Trek movie went, the one that had uh, Chris Pine or whatever, you know, like they've now got, uh, you know, Spock comes back in time and does something well before the very first Star Trek thing that like alters time. So now it's like, well, it's, a new timeline. He came back and he changed everything. So all the stuff that we know that comes later, like it, it was kind of just the ability to go, we can tell any story we want going forward from here and people can't complain because, you know, we went back and changed time. It's, it gets a little paradoxical, but at the same time, really, it's just a writing technique to be like, we can tell a story and it may not have happened in the original Star Trek, but that's because we've changed the timeline. Well, it seems as if 
this Final Fantasy game wants to be able to tell, you know, a story using characters, but they they go out of their way to show you that, like, look, this is, you know, something that's untold. Like, basically, at the end of the game, it says the unknown journey will continue. And they're saying the unknown journey because... They're trying to let, you know, existing fans know that like, hey, even you don't know what's coming, even though you played the original. So all that yakety yak is to say that I, uh, I, I enjoyed it and it almost makes, you know, it almost makes it easier to swallow some of the other shit that's going on because you're like, okay, well, even though it was like goofy and this and that, this is like a, it's, it's deviating from the existing timeline. So Fun game, very visual, uh, difficult. There's like a, a hard mode that you can play that actually adds new elements to the story and new quests, which I think is kind of cool. Um, again, this is, you know, I'm sorry that the podcast has become sort of just video game talk because that's kind of all I'm doing right now. As uh, as more things come up, I, I took some, I'll throw this out there. I did take some work doing promo uh, today, this morning. I, I applied for some stuff and got it. And so in a couple of weeks from now, I'll be doing you know, a little bit of just basically in-store merchandising, but Hey, some work coming back my way as uh, the CR CERB is, is nearing its end. So anyways, um, this, uh, this final fantasy game, which is kind of cool. Like I said, it's, it's, if you play on hard mode, uh, the, the game is infinitely harder, you know, <laughs> as the title indicates, but they actually add different mission. They'll add new missions and they'll add new things to new, new bosses, new enemies, and new, elements of the game, which I think is cool. If you play a game on easy, you know, you get the, the main story, but I think it would make more sense for a lot of things to, once you've played them on an easier setting, if you play it on harder, you're rewarded with more actual game, you know, as opposed to just, well, I'm just going to play the exact same game again, but harder. Anyways, I thought it was a, a cool thing. So final fantasy seven remake. I finished the, you know, the regular playthrough. I will go back and I, I, I made a, an attempt. I probably paid for like two, three hours trying to beat some bosses on hard mode and it was fucking impossible. So I have to, you know, if anyone knows how the RPGs work, you got to go and level up your characters and da, da, da. anyways, anyone non-gamers listening, thanks for enduring that, uh, that little speech there. That story was one of the best stories I've ever, I've ever heard um, in video games, movies, television, final fantasy seven, the original amazing. Ah, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't like the creative liberties that they took originally. Cause I didn't understand them. Um, and going forward, we'll see what it is. Cause the whole idea is the story that, that they had originally was so great. And I was like, I'm just invested in the key moments, which, which the key moments did happen in this first one, but they made it very clear that going forward, um, anything could happen. Like it's, is not the same storyline that we experienced in the first one. So, um, depending on how far they deviate, I mean, I'll play it, but to, to, to see how far they deviate, you know, like you could take a really good story and fuck it up. And that's, that's the thing with a lot of, uh, a lot of things that get adapted or remade is they try to remake them, you know, and people who are such fans of the originals, you look at the remake and you're like, Oh, that didn't happen. In the original. It, it happens a lot in books too. I, I can't remember who I was talking with recently, but um, I think it was Simon, actually. I was just discussing all these different books by Stephen King or whatever. You know, I was a big Stephen King fan when I was younger. And there's so many books that were really, really well done. And even though the movies were really well done, they didn't, you know, they didn't translate well. So I think that's the thing, too, right? It doesn't take you two hours to read a book unless you're some sort of fucking speed reader or whatever. But you know what I mean? So like to try to take a book and all the emotions and things and all the stuff, you know, about a character 
and and make them work in an hour and a half. Like I, I would say realistically, anybody who's ever read a book and then watched the movie, it would be very, very difficult to to make it work. Um my buddy Chris, a good example, he recommended me uh Ready Player One. He listened to the audiobook of that. I saw the movie and thought it was absolutely ridiculous. So Chris, if you're listening, I'd love to I'd love to get your final thoughts because I know that you told me to go see the movie before you had seen it because you loved the book. Actually, I, I don't even think you told me to go see the movie. I think Chris had mentioned that um, the book was great. And so I was like, well, then I'll go see that movie. Um, but I know that I saw the movie before he had, and we spoke before he had, had a chance to see it. So uh, I'd love to know what his thoughts are if they adapted it properly. But I know there's a lot of movie adaptations from books that just, they just don't do it justice. You have more time to build characters and things like that. And uh might be one of the reasons that some of these video games are, are a lot of fun because you have a chance, you're playing them for a long time. They're not over in two hours. You know, you have, you really have a chance to, you know, if you're playing these for hours, days, weeks, months, getting through these stories, it's a real opportunity to become invested in these characters and what happens to them. And then of course, the better job they do of telling a story, you know, the better, uh, the better you like it and the more invested you are, you know, when they put out sequels and shit. Um, but yeah, anyways, just small thing, but I, I know that everyone loves Shawshank Redemption. That, that book was way better than that movie. And even though it was a good movie, same thing with uh, green mile, everyone thought, Oh, green mile, what a great movie, Tom Hanks, blah, blah, blah. Sure. It was okay. Um, the story, that Stephen King wrote, in my opinion, much, much better, made way more sense. Um, so just that's, you know, to summarize for my people who aren't gamers, but maybe readers or something. Um, hopefully they don't take too, too many creative liberties and just completely destroy the story. It's not the same writers as the original game. So, you know, you have someone who goes, meh, you get that with comics sometimes too. You'll hear a comic. I've heard comics tell me that they heard somebody tell like a joke and they thought, oh, that's a great premise, but they didn't go in the direction that I would have with it. And then they go and they, they tell that same joke. I'm like, hey man, you know, you never would have come up with your shit if you hadn't heard them tell the other one. So as much as you turn around and go, oh, I could do it way better. It's like, they still paved the way, whatever, whatever. I'm just filling time here, <laughs> but, um, yeah, let send me. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to hear from you guys. Contact the one man podcast.com. Tell me. Something that you loved, a book or a show or something that maybe got adapted to a movie or whatever it is, and just did they do it justice? A comic books, that's another big one that they get they adapt into movies and you go, I just I hated what they did with it. Some people just something they did with the character they really didn't like. I know I know Chad and Rich in, in New York hate the Tom Holland Spider Man, and not because Tom Holland does a bad job as Spider Man. They just hate the idea that in the Marvel cinematic universe um, Tony Stark is like his father figure. They, they don't like that, that he doesn't really talk about his uncle Ben or anything like that. Um, business wise, Marvel's position was that like, you know what? We've all, we all know the Spider-Man story. We all know he was bit by a spider. We all know he didn't stop the guy. We all know that guy killed his uncle Ben and with great power comes great responsibility and all that shit. But overall, it's just, uh, they just decided we've told the story a bunch of times Everyone knows it. We can just skip it. But to them, that's, that's unforgivable. You don't, you don't make Tony Stark, his father figure. You make uncle Ben, his father figure. And that for them ruins that, that story. Um, doesn't ruin it for me, but I, but I get where they're coming from. When you're a fan of something for long enough, you, uh, you don't like when someone comes along and fucks with it. And that's the same thing that's going on with, it's funny enough. I'll use that to, uh, to, to parlay into my last of us thing, which has basically been my whole week. Um, 
Yeah, a lot of people. So, so I will give you guys a spoiler, spoiler-free thoughts on The Last of Us Part Two. Um, this was a very largely anticipated game, and um, I'll start by saying before I go fanboying into it, and you guys who aren't gamers don't care. Um, the story of The Last of Us is really, really good. It's not anything that hasn't been done before in terms of just the simplicity, the the skeleton of it, but, <clears throat> excuse me, um, The Last of Us, the first game came out in 2013, um, and they, uh, the first, yeah, the first game came out in 2019, or sorry, oh, for the love of God, I apologize, phone's going off here and it's fucking with my head, 2013, so seven years ago, the first game came out, and it was, uh, you know, a story of a, of a guy who loses his daughter as a, as a sort of a zombie apocalypse is starting. So on their way, trying to escape the city, some events happen and this guy's daughter gets killed. Young, young girl. And, uh, can't remember how old she's like, like, let's go with 12, you know, 12 to 14, that age range. And, um, yeah, loses his daughter and then, you know, 20 years goes by and he's this hardened guy and they all live in quarantine zones and blah, blah, blah. And there's zombies out in the world, yada, yada, yada. Well, he ends up going on a, on a journey, um, you know, to try, like one thing happens and then before you know it, he's got to smuggle this little, this little girl, this little girl's been bit yet. No, she never turned. And, um, now your job is you're trying to get her to these people, not a big deal, but just so if I reference it, they're called the fireflies and it's like a resistance group, you know, anti-government resistance group, but the fireflies think that they can turn, uh, Ellie, this little girl, uh, into a cure. So that's as much of the story that I'll, I'll say, but the idea of the story is because Joel, the main character has lost, lost his daughter um, he's now trying to smuggle this, this girl, get her to the fireflies who believe they can make a cure out of her. So that's, that's as much of the story as I'll say, that's your, your, your goal. Um, but of course, Joel has suffered loss and now he's got this kid with him and you know, he's got walls up because he doesn't want to care about anybody. And I'm sure you can imagine where, where that goes over time. Well, the, the ending to the first last verse, it wasn't. I don't want to say it's particularly controversial, but it's not like, yay, happy ending. It's like, wow, that's kind of fucked up. Well, The Last of Us 2, okay, seven years after this first game came out, it's developed a huge fan base. And like I said, I was going to tell you before I started fanboying out about this, uh, the story is so good that HBO is making a Last of Us series. And, um, it's actually going to be, so HBO, obviously they don't fuck around. They make good shows and it's going to be directed by the director of the game and the guy who directed the show Chernobyl. And everyone's like, oh, Chernobyl was an amazing show. So just know if this was just some shitty game story, um, you wouldn't have HBO. Like we got to make this story into a, into a television series. Now, uh, I watched a video online that said, um, it would be smart for them not to just try to make the, the story that already exists. Like it, it's it sucks for everybody when you just, you take the story that already exists and you try to turn it into a TV show because it never really tells the story. Like the fans are never happy with what was, what was said and new people don't quite get the gist of it. And so it's like, kind of like, you know, 
tell tell a part of the story that we may not know. So, for example, the big time gap for Joel between, you know, when he's trying to escape and then years later when he's in this quarantine zone. Like, maybe tell the story of what happened there. There's a lot of canon that they can tell that that wasn't in the games or whatever, and it still would be a very fascinating and interesting story. Um, but whatever, just just so that you guys know. The Last of Us will be a show on HBO. So for those of you who aren't gamers, when you when you happen that pops up on your radar and people start talking about it, uh, you heard it, you heard it here first. Um, it's a it's a great story. Hopefully, it's done justice. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I was very late to the party on The Last of Us. I played it uh, in the fall 2019, so years after it came out, and all my friends who knew I had it sitting in my my library of games I never play. We're all like, oh, you got to play that game. You got to play that game. Well, I've I've played it. I've played it many, many times since, just burning through to get all the the, the trophies and achievements. Um, really good game. Really good story. It was it was exciting. It's the music and it's phenomenal. They got an Oscar winning composer to do the music. Um, so so very very cool. I just spent the last week playing The Last of Us Two. It launched on Thursday night at midnight. I immediately booted up the PlayStation and played. Um, and within the first two hours, the game storyline grabs you by the balls and, and doesn't let go. Um, I was not every waking moment, but I will tell you that like from the time that I woke up to the time that I was going to sleep, I was definitely invested in the story. And I spent hours playing, like, I think honestly, my final hour count of, of gameplay was, um, 50 some hours. So I know I was at least like, you know, somewhere between 12, 10, 10, 10 and 14 hours a day uh, getting through it. I just finished it yesterday and it's like, yeah, it's, uh, I, 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 I don't know what to tell you. It's a story of revenge. Uh, you do play as multiple characters. Um, the story does a great job of like mirroring characters. It's kind of like two characters who are, who are at each other, but you, you get to play as both of them and they humanize both of them very, very well to make you care about, um, both, both sides. And, oh, it's, it, it, it was crazy. Like I said, the story grabs hold real quick. The, the graphics are, are state of the art, uh, beautiful to look at. The scenery gets you. The action is insane. The combat's insane. The story, to me, honestly, though, the story was my favorite part. Like when I was killing zombies and killing, you know, humans and, you know, rival It's Ah, I don't even know how to begin telling you. You're, 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 you're traveling through areas where you're running into different factions. Uh, everything's dangerous. Zombies are dangerous. As always, human beings are dangerous. Just like The Walking Dead, where you meet new human groups and you have no idea what to expect from these people that you've just met and everything's a threat. So anyways, the long, long story short was, uh, I, I loved the game. It got a lot of, um, a lot of heat. So about a month ago, maybe a little less, um, an employee who worked at the, the, the development company, uh, leaked all of the cutscenes, and there were some major, major spoilers, uh, that came out and the game does have some LGBT uh, Q plus characters in it. And with no context going on, uh, people were just able to get mad. So, you know, that there's like, there's major, you know, deaths in the, the thing. Those, those were leaked 
People got to see them with no context, right? So people just got upset and were like, oh, this is going to suck because they're killing off, you know, characters that we care about. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, in this kind of world, I mean, basically the intensity is if you guys watch The Walking Dead season six where Negan's got everyone lined up with his baseball bat where we first see Negan, that, that, those scenes were upsetting and they were killing main characters, but it drove the narrative. It basically breathed life back into the series when it was kind of getting a little stagnant. And the idea was just that like to have, you know, it raises the stakes to see something like that. And it gives the characters motivation, you know, shows you how intense this new enemy is, you know, it, ra- it raises the stakes it it raises your motivation to combat this enemy and to get, you know, revenge and whatever, settle the score. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but, but, you know, if you are a gamer and you've ever played The Last of Us, um, if you're somebody who's, you know, buying into all the shit that people are saying online, like everyone was saying, though, I'm not going to play this game. I'm going to boycott it because they saw, they saw shit. Well, after playing it, I, I have to say it was really, really good. The storytelling was good. It's not a, it isn't a happy story and it really is. It, it really does focus on the Confucius saying of like, you know, when you depart on a, on a quest for revenge, dig two, to dig two graves because, you know, you never just get revenge. It's not kill bill where it's just, Oh, we're going to kill a million motherfuckers and everything's going to work out the way we want it to. It really, uh, it's, it's really, really, really well done. Really, really well done. And I, I can't wait to play it again, but I got real life shit to do. Like it, I, I could, everything I needed to do, I, I put on the back burner to get through the story. It was, it was too good. It's not a good excuse, but I got to say like it, that story had me, the story had me and, um, loved it. Fucking loved it. Um, all right. Uh, dark, like heavy though, heavy fucking story, heavy fucking story. Um, is there anything else I want to say about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I, it's not much I can say without spoiling anything and getting into like the whole philosophy on revenge and what you're willing to give up to, to get it and whatever. I, but yeah, play it, play it, play it. Uh, yeah. Groovy. Uh, and this is afternoon. I watched, uh, I watched, take a look at this thing here. I want to see what are we, what are we at here for time? 25 minutes. Oh, Jesus. I thought I'd talked a little longer than that. But, uh, yeah, so I watched a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, that's the Tom Hanks playing Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers. It was, uh, it was a nice movie. Um, I watched, um, won't you be my neighbor, which was the documentary they did on him. And that was great. That really like kind of opened you up to this guy, just, just giving a shit about everybody and making everybody feel special. And, they started with that in this. So this one being more of like a story of like some writer who meets Mr. Rogers. They um, started off really going, making you feel like, oh, wow, this is a great, uh, what a great, what a great guy, Mr. Rogers. But then it, and I mean like, a, like one scene, you're like, oh, there's that sweetness that everyone knows about him. And his staff's all like, oh, can we fire him? And like, it was crazy. Cause he's like, he's got a little boy who's, I guess maybe some sort of make a wish or something like that. Who's visiting him on set. And they're like an hour behind shooting because of that. And then the staff's like, oh, you know, can we, can we fire him? Like, oh Jesus. Like, you know, like they're upset with his kindness, but then that's like the only time. And then you see all of these people again later. And they all love them and this and that. It's like, they never went back to that. So it's like, why, 
why not just show his staff loving that he's this guy? And it's like, yeah, it's frustrating. Like maybe show the new guy being like, fuck, you're an hour behind. Like, Jesus Christ, like da, 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 da. And they're all like, ah, you know, that's who he is. Cause then they ask him, like, well, how often does he do this every day? And it's like, well, if they do it every day, then why are, were they making comments about firing him and this and that? Like I, a little inconsistent in that, you know what I mean? But they're like, nah, he's the star of the show. Like it was just, it, it it didn't really make sense. And then for them, like two minutes later, turn around and smile and laugh and they love him. And it was just uh, a little ridiculous. So, you know, fuck that shit. I, I, I found too that they deviated from Mr. Rogers and then more to this guy who was like profiling him. And then you're basically just getting a story of a guy who like hung out with Mr. Rogers a couple of times and decides to change his whole life. But it really didn't have that, that shift in the characters for me. Like, it wasn't like, I'm like watching like, wow, they really did. Like, like I, I, they did such a great job of the documentary, a beautiful day in the neighborhood that I went from like, here's some fucking weirdo on kids shows to like, wow, this guy was a good man who really cared about people and wanted everyone to feel special and made everyone around him feel special. And you see that in this movie, in the, the Tom Hanks movie where it's like, at first you see that, but then it's just, it's too switch on a dime. Like honest to God, it's like the, the, Superman versus Batman thing where like they, I'm not saying like Mr. Rogers and this guy want to kill each other, but it's like just so much like you've got your head set in one direction and then just like Martha. Oh my God, you're right. Everything you say and do, I must, you know, it's all, it's all gone. My whole perspective is switched so much. Really, really felt like it felt forced. Um, I, I enjoyed what I was seeing and Tom Hanks did a really, really good job as Mr. Rogers. Again, a character who's so kind of odd, odd, well, odd or I don't want to say eccentric. He wasn't eccentric. Just so, kind of soft and kind and proper. He's almost seems like, you know, there was even a really good part in the movie where he's like, Oh, you know, your, your character, Mr. Rogers and, and you Fred Rogers. And it's like, you know, and you could tell he's like, I don't understand what you mean. Like, 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 you know, but it's, but it's, you know, there should have been that whole, like, yeah, it's not a character. He's a, he's a real genuine dude and this and that, you know, whatever. Um, it's a good, it's a, it's, it was entertaining enough, but the story is more about the, the guy, you know, profiling him, you know, and, and his shit. I just didn't, um, didn't see the, the, so much the relevance. And if they were going to do it that way, this one guy who just spent time with Mr. Rogers and it changes his life, they didn't have enough watershed moments for him with Mr. Rogers. It was more just little conversations where he's just like, Oh, he's a, he's a sweet man. You know, but not these moments where he's like, oh, this, but that changes me. And that's, I want to be like that or whatever. Like, I felt like I had more watershed moments watching the movie and the documentary than, than this guy had just in the conversations he had. Anyways, whatever. Mr. Rogers, a, a beautiful day in the neighborhood with Tom Hanks. I watched it. Um, that's kind of been my week, guys. I'm sorry. It's not uh, more exciting, but I won't drag it out anymore. I played... Some great games. Uh, I, pl- I basically played a lot of stuff that where people got upset. Um, one was, you know, deviating from a story. The the leaks made people feel betrayed for The Last of Us, but they, uh, yeah, they, they felt betrayed by The Last of Us because they're like, why would they do this? Why would they choose to disrespect the character and lose them, you know, that lose them like this? And, and uh, overall, um, it's kind of funny. Like sometimes people don't understand that, like, you know, s- stories don't always go the way you want them to. And, you know, things can't always just be happy go lucky, you know, like we understand you've become attached to characters, but you know, uh, not everything always works out in, in 
shitty situations or whatever. I don't know. I, I thought it was really, really well done in the story because of what happens in the story. It really makes you want to continue and figure out what's going on. You know, they told one story seven years ago, and this is a continuation of that story, but it's, it's different. It's different than the way the first one went. And, uh, all, all I, all I hope is I would be disappointed if the story just ends here. Cause I feel like it's a uh, little bit, uh, empire strikes back kind of thing. So I feel like if it is the middle part and it's gotta be bad, you know, then, then I get that. Um, there's lots of places where the story can go from here on out and whatnot. And it would be nice to see, uh, be nice to see a little bit of sunshine in, in some people's life after our, uh, everything that's happened. Um, Yeah. So I've got my mom coming over in a little bit. Uh, all my roommates are gone. So I'm going to have my mom over. We're going to play some board games because I know she's been missing that for months and months. So we'll have her over for a couple hours, play some board games, get everything wiped off and COVID it off for her. And um, yeah, that's going to be my evening. Um, I hope you guys have a great week. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. You know, like I said, all I did was was play nostalgia, some some really cool nostalgic things, some continuations of stories, some remakes of stories. I'd love to know some things that you guys found, you know. Was there ever a, a book you read or, you know, something that you experienced that they tried to adapt that didn't work out the way that you, you liked it? You know, did, uh, or, or was something really impressive, a book that got turned into a movie that, that completely did it justice and, uh, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to know about that stuff. So I hope you guys have a great week. Um, enjoy the tunes and I will chat with you again soon. Mm-hmm.